Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on Thursday, 31st of August, last day of the month. And we had a fabulous day yesterday. We spent most of the day over 100 points up, closed the day up 87 points up. And that, of course, came on the back of the Australian CPI number out yesterday, 4.9%. Consensus was 5.1% down from 5.4%. So better than expected. You suddenly start to think central banks are getting on top of it, that the war against inflation may be won. And that, of course, is the theme in the US as well. And that, of course, is why we have started to buy a few things. As you'll know, yesterday we bought BHP in the BHP-only portfolio. We bought LNAS, Long Nasdaq ETF, for a trade in the Ideas portfolio. We also bought the FANG for a trade in the Ideas portfolio. And that adds to the other trades that we've got, which are mostly iron ore stocks, Fortescue Metals, Mineral Resources, which has a lithium kicker and Champion Iron. We're in the money on all of those now, only just having looked pretty horrible Immediately after we bought them, the market dropped, but back in positive territory, all except for ResMed. So even our CSL trade is now above zero. So the gamble is, will this continue? So let's just take it apart a minute. The reason this risk on rally has started and it's very short term so far is because there was that JOLTS report, which is J-O-L-T-S, which is job openings report in the US earlier this week, which came in below expectations suggesting that the jobs market is cooling. And there was also a lower than expected consumer confidence number. And the bond market took it quite seriously. Bond yields came off quite sharply night before last. And then overnight, we have, uh, we've got cognitive bias at work now, where I'm looking for all the positives. Having bought a few things, I'm now hoping things go up and looking for the good news rather than the bad news. Anyway, overnight, the good news was the US market didn't fall over. Spy futures were up four this morning, better than being down 50, I suppose. The Nasdaq was up a little bit, which leaves LNAS, which is our long Nasdaq ETF, up 1.1% this morning. That goes up 2 to 2.7 times as much as the Nasdaq also goes down as well, 2.7 times more than the Nasdaq. Anyway, Nasdaq up a slight positive overnight, and that's exaggerated in LNAS this morning. We also saw the FANG up. FANG's up 0.4% for us this morning. So everything holding in. Uh, the good news overnight again came on the economic economic front. One, the second quarter GDP number in the US, which was expected to be not revised from 2.4%. It was revised down to 2.1%, which again is good for bonds. Bad news is good news, basically. We also had, perhaps more significantly, the ADP private sector employment number. That was expected to see 200,000 jobs added and 177,000 jobs were added. So those were below expectations as well. And that number, 177,000 was down from 371,000 last week. So these weak economic numbers are being read as good news at the moment. They take the pressure off the Fed, they take the pressure off interest rates, and they are building the hope that, as I say, central banks may have done the job for now. The chance of a rate rise at the next FOMC meeting is down to 11.5%. A month ago, they were 20%. In other words, the Fed are not going to raise rates on September the 20th 
although there is an inflation number and a jobs number before that. Jobs number's on Friday. And in other good vibes, the US dollar was down a little bit, down for the third day on the trot. That's down 1.23%. This is the world's reserve currency, down 1.23% in three days. That's good for commodity prices. We saw Morgan Stanley as well, with a bit of research saying the US economy is poised to decelerate dramatically in the final three months of 2023. That would be good for interest rate hopes. Again, bad news is good news. And the iron ore price up 2% today. That's from the close yesterday. BHP and Rio were up 0.8%, 0.7% overnight, which is good for our BHP one stock portfolio. Not fabulous, but better than falling over. And I see one one strategist, again, cognitive bias, finding all the things I want to hear. One strategist saying investors expect China to take strong steps to revive its spluttering economy and diffuse a deepening property crisis. So far, modest interest rate cuts and vague promises of support have underwhelmed. Well, let's hope they do something more significant and get our resources stocks up. And on the FANG front, another broker upgraded NVIDIA. They have a target price 125% above the current share price. AI delusion is working in our favor. So net result, haven't done anything in the strategy portfolio, still in cash, holding now seven holdings in the ideas portfolio. And we really need the US markets to carry on with this rally and we're in BHP in the one stock portfolio and we're up on that and actually if you look in my section the BHP chart's looking rather good I'm still in cash in the Macquarie portfolio although I've got to say the Macquarie charts look quite good as well irritatingly haven't bought it yet other things in my section today a bit of a wrap up of the Australian CPI numbers There are hopes now that Michelle Bullock's first couple of meetings, including the Melbourne Cup Day meeting, might just deliver the message that finally we've seen the peak on interest rates. If if the the RBA, or Michelle Bullock, really the RBA, if the RBA pause rates on Tuesday, which is almost a foregone conclusion after that CPI number, and then again pause on Cup Day, then Michelle Bullock will have arrived at just the right moment to herald the peak of interest rates and end the Philip Lowe period of pain. No doubt she will be hailed as a hero for the property market and consumer discretionary spending. We can but hope. So good CPI numbers. I've also in my section got a chart of the S&P 500. There was one economist saying that September is usually one of the worst months of the year. So I just wanted to check that. And indeed on the seasonality chart, yes, September and October are a very choppy time. But this strategist was saying when the S&P 500 falls in August, August in the US has been the worst month of the year so far. When the S&P 500 falls in August, 80% of the time it bounces in September. I would beware analysts bearing past statistics as a forecast. It is all hocus pocus. And have a look at the seasonality chart. It just so happens September and October are a spooky couple of months because it just so happened the Wall Street crash 1929 happened in September and October, as did the 1987 crash, the Friday the 13th mini crash in 1989, Black Wednesday in 1982, 9-11... The 2002 sell-off, didn't, we didn't name that one. The 2018 cryptocurrency crash. 
The Lehman Brothers bankruptcy happened in September 2008. Even the panic of 1907 and the original Black Friday on the 24th of September 1869 all happened in September and October. Well, they had to happen sometime. I'm sure if I listed shabby stock market events in March, pandemic of 2020, for instance, then I could come up with a whole list of things that happened as well. But it just so happens September, October are volatile, months, but to suggest that that means it'll happen again is just, as I say, hocus pocus. I've also got the, if you Google Rod North, who Rod North is one of the good guys. I think he used to run Borstarter. Anyway, he wrote a book, which I have called The Investment Clock. Anyway, have a look at the investment clock image I've put in. It's got the hands pointing to half past 10 and a boom. Ignore where that is. But there is some suggestion if we we are going to get on top of interest rates that we were at half past five, six o'clock, which is just about the bottom and time to start thinking about recovery and share prices. And we're a long way from boom, but rising share price happened at eight, eight o'clock. We're just sort of maybe coming up to six o'clock at the moment. And that's about that for the day. A few things on the diary, which I've forgotten to put in my section this morning, I'll put that in now, is US closed on Monday. U.S. jobs numbers on Friday. U.S. PCE price inflation numbers tonight. Woolworths ex-dividend today. Chinese PMI numbers today and tomorrow. Eurozone inflation tonight. It's busy, isn't it? Last day of the results season today. Harvey Norman, the main ones. If you've seen how many numbers Harvey Norman put out, our assumption was they must be trying to hide something. There were that many numbers. Let's just see what the Harvey Norman share price has done. Share price, all right, up 2.5%. Anyway. Way. Jerry rather overdoing it on the disclosures and the detail. Woodside ex-dividend today as well, as is Whitehaven Coal, Treasury Wine Estates. Coles, COL, goes ex-dividend tomorrow. As I wrote yesterday, there was a buy signal on Coles. You might have a look at it if you are a dividend chaser. We do hold it in our portfolios. It's up 0.4% today. Coles might interest some of you ahead of its dividend. And then we've got the RBA meeting next Tuesday. FOMC meeting September the 20th and the most important event of all Henry going on holiday for I think three weeks as of tonight. His last missive is in the newsletter today. I will be on small cap updates, see what damage I can do there. One of his stocks, Dreadnought Resources, up 54% today. Uh, And I will be on morning podcasts as well as the members podcast whilst he is away. And I have to tell you, something has got to give whilst Henry's away. I just can't do the three quarters of an hour it takes me in the morning to do the technical stuff. I will keep an eye on the technical stuff, but I just have to let something go whilst Henry's away. So I do have a new analyst stroke editor stroke colleague, Oliver, turning up on September the 12th. He will probably distract me rather than help me for the first couple of weeks. But once he's on board, things will ease up a little bit. And when Henry gets back. So that's about that for today. As I leave you. Oh, by the way, Virginia Trioli has just announced that 
she is giving up the radio. I do a radio slot with Virginia Trioli on ABC 774. I think I've done that since 2003. Anyway, waiting to see who her replacement is that is being announced tomorrow. Ida hasn't rung me, astonishingly, to ask me whether I want to step in for her. She's still got till the end of the day to ring me. Anyway, give me a ring, Ida. Virginia is off to ABC TV doing an arts program. New host tomorrow. Interesting to see who it is. That's that. Our market behaving itself, though not dazzling us after an 87-point rise yesterday. It was going to be hard to add some froth on top of that. We're up one point as I leave you. We've been down six, up 12. Resources sector down 0.9%. In fact, it's all pretty quiet today. Energy sector the worst, but that's thanks to Woodside going ex-dividend. Not much going on. You have a fabulous day. I will be back tomorrow without Henry. <laughs>